0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Man, is our country falling apart? What's going on? Is the world falling apart? Look, Jesus said these things had to happen. Somebody say, Jesus said. Uh-huh, that's why you got to have hope and faith in the king, the one who still sits on the throne. You can't be up and down, up and down, up and down. Do you know why? And I know some of this. You say, "Man, this was harsh back in the Old Testament days." But do you know why the lame the lame was not allowed into the temple, those born lame? You say, "Man, that was harsh." Man, why why would God not allow that? Well, thank God for the new covenant, right? But the old covenant, it was a holy God with no true mediator yet. There was a high priest there was the blood of animals, but it was you and God, basically, with a very thin layer of separation, and it was dangerous to get in God's presence if you weren't right. But also, God didn't allow certain folks into the ancient temple. One of them was the lame, and you know, when, when someone is lame, I was talking to someone this morning, she was limping, but I mean someone who's lame, well, guess what? They're up and down, aren't they? You ever seen the lame? They're up and down, right? Right? And God has always had something against His people when they are up and down in Him. Up and down, up and down, up and down. He served God for a week, served God for a month, served God for... You say, man, Pastor Matt, why would you even bring that up? Well, because a lot of people lost their faith last year. It is my duty. It is my, my privilege. I believe it's a privilege straight from God as a pastor to warn the sheep and warn those on the live stream, those who call themselves members of this church, those who are active serving members of this church. I've got to warn people, you can't lose your faith for anything. Next month, we're going to get into a new series. And I think, I think Vali and I settled on the name. What is it? You're going to need it? Is it you're going to need it? And we're going to talk about faith next month. You say, faith again? Yes. Faith is the key that opens all the doors. Faith is what pleases God. Well, today we're going to continue... And the series has been Because He Is, and we're talking about how Jesus said, you know, He said different I Am statements in the book of John. Today is part two. Someone say part two. Continue from last week. I am the good shepherd. So it is the good shepherd. Let's start in John chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to read straight through this. Try, I'm going to try not to comment on it much until we get to Psalm 23. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, right? Rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. If someone's climbing your fence, that could mean trouble, right? You don't want them back in your yard without your permission. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. I went to someone's house yesterday, and they had cats everywhere outside. And the cats, as soon as they, I don't know if it's when they saw me, smelled me, heard me. They were little bitty kitty kitty cats. They saw me. They were like, we don't know you. You're a stranger. We don't know your voice. They ran. They scattered. They won't follow a stranger. We're talking about sheep here, though, right? They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Look at this next verse. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't quite understand what he meant, right? So explain it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. There's another I am statement of Jesus. I am the door of the sheep, some translations say. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. We're going somewhere with this. Keep holding on here. He says, yes, I am the gate or the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. I mean, no, there's only one way to heaven. That's what scripture says. The apostle Peter said there's only one name under heaven given to us whereby we can be saved. That's it. Buddha does not guarantee salvation, Muhammad doesn't, nobody else can guarantee salvation. The guy that uh, founded Scientology, what was his name, L. Ron Hubbard, was a nutcase. He cannot cannot guarantee salvation, an absolute nutcase. Look into those Scientology uh, uh, documentaries, demonic and perverted that guy. They cannot guarantee salvation. Only Jesus can. He says, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Saved from what? From your sin, from your past, and from hell. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose, though, is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose, though, is to give them a rich and satisfying life, or to give them life and life in abundance. I am the good shepherd. Someone say the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Remember the stories of David in Scripture? He would give his life for the sheep. He, would, he tackled the bear and the lion. He kept them off the sheep. He was assigned to protect the sheep, and that is what he did. A hired hand, however, will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Wow. He says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. That is powerful right there, isn't it? I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Let's head on over to Psalm 23 real quick. I'm going to read through it and then we're going to discuss it for a few minutes. Everybody in here has heard this, or you know it, or you have it memorized. They do it at funerals. Man, they do it at christenings. They do it at baby dedications. This this is a very popular chapter, and we really need to look into it today. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. One translation says, I shall not want. He lets me rest. One translation says, he makes me rest, right? Sometimes God has to make you rest. He lets me rest in Green Meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength remember we talked about last week a comeback when he renews your strength you're making a comeback he guides me along right paths bringing honor to his name even when I walk through the darkest valley some translations are a little more uh, stout than that they're stronger say man the dark valley of death I will not be afraid For you are close beside me, your rod and your staff. What do they do? They protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Say, man, that's just religious speak. No, God has a lot of meanings going on right here. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with what? Blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord. How long? Just temporarily, on a six-month lease. On a 12-month lease. Two years. No, forever. Let's pray again real quick, if you would, with me. Father, I thank you that your word is going to fall on good ground. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word is already anointed. Anoint me as the messenger, that I would speak only what you would have me to speak, and let your people receive Your word today, God, let it pierce deeply within them. And Lord, let it have a lasting, practical, amazing, powerful, transformative effect. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen. So you notice in verse 1, let's go back to verse 1 there. And I'm going to go through the first two points real quick. I didn't get to all my points last week. That's why we have a part two. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Well, you have completeness and satisfaction in God. Someone say amen if you believe it completeness and satisfaction some of you in here have never felt true completeness and satisfaction why is that because God has not been first yet you guys ever seen the cartoons where there's a carrot in front of the donkey on a little fishing pole or a stick and the donkey's just following the carrot following the carrot never reaches it you ever felt that way you're like what's next I mean I worked I made money paid my taxes got a big refund bought a car I'm married now, I have kids, what's next? Okay, the kids, wait till, and people say this, well, wait till you're married, right? And people then they go, well, wait till you have kids. What? Then they go, well, wait till they graduate and leave. You're always waiting for the next thing, but scripture promises, according to God's word, he will give you completeness and satisfaction in him. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I shall not want completeness and satisfaction. There's nothing like that, to be complete in God. True peace. True peace. So that leads us into point two. We discussed this last week. That's peace and rest. How many of you know you can't have peace without rest? Oh, man, you ever had your sleep disturbed? It affects everyone differently. How many of you, when you haven't gotten your sleep, you're angry? Raise your hand. Come on. I'm going to raise my hand. I I get irritable. Okay, so we got a lot of hands on, a lot of hands up. One more time. How many of you, when you don't have your sleep, you're angry? Okay, so it's messing with your peace already. How many of you, when you haven't gotten your sleep, you feel like crying? Come on. Some of you can raise your hands multiple times, even men. It's like, I'm angry and I'm crying while I'm mad, right? How many of you, when you've had your sleep messed up, you feel jealous again? You're like, I had not had this in a long time. What does that mean? Well, it's just old weaknesses show up when you're not rested. How many of you feel like the world's ending when you have not gotten your rest? Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's never going to get better. Oh, my God. There's been seasons, man, where I was going through it, and God was working through me, and he was dealing with me, and things were on the up and up. I was making a comeback with God's help, and I'd ask my wife, what is wrong with me? She's like, you need a nap. That's not very spiritual. It doesn't have to be. Amazing. We know that about kids. Why are adults different? We talk about little Camila, my niece, all oh, just beautiful and lovely dimples, I tell people, man, heaven help us when Camila figures out how cute she is. Right? But there's times I've heard her mom and dad say, no, she's just tired. She needs a nap. She's a great kid. She just needs a nap. Right? Sometimes you adults, you just need a nap. You need to let God allow you to rest so you can have some peace. Because there is no peace without rest, and there's no rest without peace. You ever lay down and your mind wouldn't stop? I've been there. I had some things running through my mind last night. I said, Lord, I give this stuff to you. That's you. You take care of it. No sense in me trying to figure this out, not in my strength. Scripture says, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. So you got to give it to God. That was verse 2 there. Let's read verse 2. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Now let's go to verse 3. New point. He renews my strength. Oh, man, we talked about the comeback last week. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Let's stay right there for a minute. God has promised you guidance. It's amazing that my wife today was talking about being guided by the the Lord. She did not know my next point. God is with you. And one of the amazing things that you have in God as a benefit is that he will guide you. How many of you know uh, emotions are terrible leaders, terrible guides? I don't know about you, and you can see it up here. If you know me, you know I'm a very passionate and emotional man. I don't just walk around crying all the time, but I'm not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to raise my voice. I am very passionate. I'm not afraid to get excited. People that know me, I've had several in my life. They've, they looked at me and said, you're excited, huh? I'm all, if you know, why would you ask? Yeah, I'm excited. And no caffeine yet. Wait till I get caffeine in me, right? Then it's on. Right. God has created you to be guided by Him, not to be guided by your emotions. He gave you your emotions. Those are powerful. Those are important. Remember, you are three in one and one in three, just like God. He created you in His likeness and in His image. Say, how am I three? Well, you are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. How many of you know there is nothing like having the Holy Spirit guide you? into all truth. Jesus talked about that in the book of John often. He said, the, the one that's coming, I'm going to send. The Father sent me, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. We're all one, but when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to guide you and lead you into all truth. He's going to comfort you. He's going to remind you of my words. He's going to lead you into peace. How many of you know truth can lead you into peace and rest? You don't have to raise your hands today. And please don't, in fact. Live stream. If you're at home by yourself, you can raise your hand. Okay. You ever you ever been in a place where you had something you were hiding, or something you needed to confess to someone or to God, and you felt miserable? Some secrets can wipe people out. I don't know who this is for this morning. Maybe it may not even be anyone in this house. Maybe someone on the live stream. You may have a secret. It's eating away at you. You have had that before. You need to confess that need to talk to the lord confess it to him and confess it to the proper people almost said the proper authorities <laughs> if you robbed a bank in your 20s and they don't know about it go ahead and go in and turn yourself in right no I, I'm sure that didn't happen but sometimes you got you got to you got to fess up we used to say that is that country fess up means confess admit it right The Lord will lead you into all truth because he knows that secrets can be miserable and devastating. I remember a young girl that they, she came to this church years ago. This was years, this was 30 years ago. Lovely family, three beautiful girls. Mom and dad, great people, but they had never told the oldest that she was not the father's. The other two daughters belonged to him, but they had never told her that. And, man, she found out in her, she found out in her, in her uh, teens, and she fell to pieces. And that's a tough deal, man. Have, I'm not in everybody's situation. I don't know who this is for today. I'm not telling you to break the news to everybody today. You need to go in well-advised and pray. I, I knew I was moms and dads, man. You can cover me up in a picture. I look just like my dad from here down. It's crazy. But some folks are adopted, and praise God for that. How many of you know that those that are adopted were chosen? They were chosen. That dad took that child as theirs, or that mom took that baby as theirs. That is amazing. That is godly. That is is Christ-like. And I'm just using that as an example. But this girl's life fell, uh, fell apart because of that secret. And there's other secrets crazy secrets I remember running across secrets I don't know I guess all cultures have them but me being a a mixed Hispanic I remember being around Hispanic culture and there were always these secrets I ran into a, a little girl I remember back in the day she was one of my friends in Denver City Texas and I didn't the story didn't make sense to me so I asked my dad about it and my dad said no that girl that's her grandma that's not even her mom but she thinks that's her mom and she didn't know And that's tough. Once again, I know every situation is different. you got to do what you think is right. But the most right you can possibly do is to choose honesty. Somebody hear me today. you got to choose honesty. You don't get out and tell everything to everyone, but you need to be able to talk to someone. Scripture says in the book of James, confess your faults one to another so that you may be what? Healed. And I've had great healing being able to say something. There have been some miserable things that I thought everybody was going to hate me for. And when it came out, man, I felt relieved. At at some point, I just thought, who cares if they hate me? I feel way better. I feel way better. And God forgive me. God help me and restore me. But man, you cannot live with those secrets, those burdens like that. The Lord will guide you into all truth. There's nothing like having the Holy Spirit as your senior partner. I've gotten into some deals before, buying a house or doing something else. It looked like a great deal, and it wasn't. I've gotten other deals that didn't seem that great but turned out to be magnificent. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Guidance is one of the benefits, and we'll get into this in a moment, one of the benefits of the covenant that you have with God. He says in the Old Testament, I will tell you to go to the left or to the right or look here, look there. He says, when you seek me and put me first in fasting and prayer, reading my word, At some point, God will begin to guide you, and he will order your steps. Scripture says, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. Interesting how that works. Had a situation like that the other day with our rental property. Went over there, and I I didn't mean to go there, really. I was just driving by. I said, well, let's just go by, and then we were able to discover some things we needed to know at that point. God led us, and praise God. Discovery is not always fun. Somebody say amen. How many of you hate bad surprises? How many of you just hate surprises? Anybody? John's like, no, nah, don't surprise me, man. That's a sinner trait, I'm told. Sinner men are like, don't surprise me, bruh. Don't show up and surprise me, man. Just, you <laughs> ah, oh, this is great. Oh my gosh. I'm so mad at everybody, right? Some people don't like surprises. I, I kind of do. I don't know. I guess I'm a hybrid. But God will guide you as you seek him. That's one of the benefits of the covenant. He is the good shepherd. How many of you know the good shepherd guides the sheep? Any of y'all have to guide your kids? Parents, parents get smarter than God sometimes. I don't know who this is for. Maybe it's nobody in here. Parents go, I ain't going to spank my kids, man. Well, you're smarter than God then. Because he says, spank them, don't abuse them. But scripture says, discipline your child while there is hope. All right, say man, it says a rod, so we're gonna get a rod. No, you can get a belt, you can use hands, different stuff. And you say, Man, my kid moves around and they get spanked everywhere. Look, look, no, just that's what the bottom is for it's for sitting and for covering up with jeans and for getting spanked on. Okay, there's different reasons for your bottom there. Okay, but parents they got to receive guidance from the Holy Spirit in disciplining their kids. Don't ever think you know more than God and say, Well, my kid, I've heard parents say this, and they think they're so wise. They say, my kid, psh, no, they're." I let them make their decisions. This is a dramatic effect pause, so just bear with me. What? You know how crazy I was as a kid? I was a pretty good kid, but I liked fire. A lot of people don't know that about me. I didn't ever get into trouble with it. I don't know how, but I liked fire, right? It was just a little fire, right? (laughs) It was just a little fire. It's just a, you know, I'd do little stuff and say, man, you can. And guys in the hood were always like, you can burn cotton and it turns green. And let's light alcohol, you know, they're pouring it out. of, And they're like, look at this. And you can put alcohol on your arm and light it. Guys are, and I didn't do all that. I was like, no, y'all go ahead. That's entertaining, right? (laughs) That's fun. But I needed guidance. I needed my parents to spank me. I needed my parents to intervene and go, hey, I don't like how you act when you hang out with her, when you hang out with him. I really liked that my parents were brutally honest and they never feared me. Some of you in here, you need to give, you need to give God all the, all the praise and all your respect and reverence. Some of you fear your kids more than you fear God, like the high priest Eli in 1 Samuel. Some of you do. And that's why you are you you're where you are right now. You feared your kids over God I said no, I want them to be my friend. My dad told me, he said God didn't create us to be friends for now. He said you do what I say. Oh man, that's that's control. Oh yeah, when they're paying all the bills there is control, child. Extreme control. And I know that can get out of balance with some people. They're trying to control everything, you know. But you got to have guidelines for kids. You got to offer guidance. In the same way, I need the Lord to guide me. I've made some dumb decisions in my life. How about y'all? I've done some stuff based on emotion, and I wasn't listening to the Spirit of God. I needed his guidance. you got to guide kids. I don't know who that's for today. He said, no, we just let them decide. They have a computer in the room. They have a lock on their door. They have all hours of the night access to their phone. Well, that, you know what, I'm going to say what, uh, who was it, Will Smith and iRobot said? He said, oh, that's just stupid. Oh, no, they're going to do the right thing. Really? Did you? I was born in the dark, honey child, but it wasn't last night. I think it was actually in the afternoon. But, you know, that's a song I think. Was I born like one in the afternoon, Dad? You remember? It's a bit of, you don't care. Huh? <laughs> Dad's all. See Go. Just go. Go with it. Go. Just shut up. Just go with it. Go. It's a good example. Go. I always liked it when parents had sense. They, remember when the Internet came out? The smart parents had the, te- the, the computer out in the middle of everywhere where everybody could see it. That's because I need my privacy. You need to become 18 and pay your bills and head out. I mean, nobody watching you when you're showering and stuff. Go in there and all this. You have your elements of privacy, but kids get to a place, I need my privacy. Hmm. No, you need guidance. We as believers, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If he's our father, which he is, we is our father now because of the blood of Jesus, we need his guidance. That's number three. Let's go to verse four now. I've had so much fun with this series, man, and this, this particular message. I pray I get through it today. Oh, my goodness. So even when I walk through the darkest valley, right, the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. The psalmist is deciding. He's making a conscious act of his will, a strong decision, he says, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Once you've accepted Jesus, he is with you, he is for you, and he lives inside of you by the Spirit of God. So this point is, man, you can have a life without fear. Hey, let's be real, and I'm preaching to you about this, and God's dealing me about this in different areas of my life. There are different things that worry me here and there. Not a lot of things, but there's a few. And some of you right now, You got some stuff you're worried about, even this Sunday morning, huh? You're like, why'd you remind me, Pastor? (laughs) You were doing so good. You're going to be all right. God has called you to a life without fear. The psalmist said, I will not fear. Someone say, I will not fear. There's times you got to stand up and say, man, the world is so full of fear now. The fear. I'm still trying to understand why they put all that fear on everybody about COVID. It was for your own good. The government loves you. Mm. You need to get back into your Bible, sis. Mm -mm. You know what the government does? Yes, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The government breaks your legs, then offers you a wheelchair, and then charges you for it, and then has you pay for someone to push you in the wheelchair and says, man, aren't you grateful for us? Yeah, and you're in pain? Here, we're going to give you some meds on the government. But then if you make too much money, we'll take it all away. That sounds strange. No, you need, you need a life without fear, and that is depending on God. The G, the capital G, not the G of the government. we got in lots of problems over the years all over the planet because people replace God with government, and the government's not the answer. Man, if, if Facebook hears about this, I'm going down. <laughs> They'll take the video down. That's okay, it's on SoundCloud. No fear, man. God has called you to live a life without fear. The world's so full of fear. You know which movie I really like? And I'm not going to get through all my points again. I just see it happening. It's happening right in front of my eyes. You guys remember the movie Cinderella Man? Oh, man, tough movie. I just love it. It's based on a true story. What was his name? Jim Jim Braddock? Was that his name? Any Cinderella Man favorites? People? All right, all right. Movie Movie people in the house. Help me out here. Man, I remember this guy was... Felt like he was losing everything. It was a Great Depression. He was God-fearing. I think they were Irish Catholics. He feared God. They were doing the best of their ability. Man, going through it, had to go get in line and get welfare. He was so ashamed. And back then, I think it was like 9 or 10 or $14, and he felt so ashamed because why? He was a boxer, and he broke his right hand. He didn't use his left much, so he broke his right hand on somebody's ribs at the beginning of the, the movie. Guess what? He had to go work at the docks. They had to call on him. People recognized him as a pretty good prize fighter, a boxer. But God's hand was on the guy's life. It was amazing. So he's out at the docks, and what he thought was evil, and he never gave up. He was struggling. He was despairing. He was asking for money. He had to go on welfare for a little bit. While he was at the docks, while his right hand was healing, he learned to get strong with his left so they started to lift, and they said, hey, you're going to hold me back? I need this job. You remember that part in the movie? He said, I'm good. Now I've got it. Oh, so he's working with his left. They would put hooks and stuff and lift them. Well, guess what? His right hand started to heal, but then he learned how to use his left. Then a one-in-a-million chance came. He had a great trainer. you got to watch the movie. There's a little bit of language, I'm going to tell you right now. Not all the movies Christian or anything. Great message, though, great acting. Pretty clean movie there. He gets a chance. He goes in the ring with a, some guy had someone cancel on him, and he's a heavyweight champion contender. Well, guess what? Braddock has had time to heal a little bit. Now he's hungry. Didn't have too much time to train. He gets in the ring and demolishes that dude. Why? He got hungry, man, working at the docks, waiting on others to supply his needs. He starts doing better, and he starts knocking out contenders one by one by one. His trainer goes, what was that? He's like, I don't know. I still got something left. So he starts knocking people out making a comeback. He gets to the place where he fights that guy. Do you remember that Jewish guy? He was a big old devil in the movie. Good actor. I don't remember his name. Max, uh, I don't remember his name. Tall, curly-headed guy. Good actor. Kind of a creep, you know. He's looking at him going, this is not a joke. You could get hurt, you know. Because the guy had killed two people, one or two people in the ring. So all of a sudden now, David has to fight Goliath. But at this point, he didn't have any more fear. He'd faced himself in the mirror. He'd faced the welfare line. He'd faced the docks. He'd faced, man, the electricity getting turned turn off and his family getting sick. Freezing at night. And he said, <laughs> He said, <laughs> man, he got into that ring, and he started to knock people out. And he got to the, champions, the heavyweight champion of the world and messed that dude up. They told him, just make it look good, and you won't get hurt. We'll just kind of fix the fight. Uh-uh, not him. He knocked that dude out eventually, became heavyweight champion of the world. A success story. He got to a place where he overcame his fear. Some have said, and Joyce Meyer said it before, is you just, sometimes you just got to do it afraid. I know not every time is the time that you push through, but today may be your day that you need to push through already. Stop letting fear hold you trapped. That is God's covenant for you. That is part five today. I'm not going to be able to get into it. Say, how is that a covenant? Well, let's go to verse five real quick, and I'll wind it up with this. God's covenant is so much. I, I'm, I'm going to need to tie this into next week somehow. Scripture says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemy, enemies. You remember a, f- a few weeks ago we talked about the word panis. Panis in Latin means bread. Companis means bread with someone. When you have a companion, it comes from the Latin. Because when you sat down to eat, with, eat bread with someone, it was a covenant. There's covenants of salt and there's covenants of eating together. And the eating together says we're in relationship, we're on the same page, and when you're in covenant with God, look, he prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. A meal in the presence of your enemies. It says no matter what is happening in the world, there is covenant. You don't have to have fear. Abraham in Scripture, he's talking to God. God went to the covenant man. He always goes to the covenant man or woman. There's men and women in here. You've kept your kids alive just because you were in covenant with God. You say, me, I kept him alive. Well, God kept him alive, but he listened to you. Remember Abraham? God said, hey, I, should I hide this thing from Abraham? I'm going to judge Sodom. Their cry has reached up to heaven. It's a demonic place. There's perversion. There's wickedness. They hate God. He said, I'm going to get down there, and I'm going to wipe them out. He said, should I hide this from Abraham? No, I've got to tell him. So he tells Abraham, and Abraham tells God, are you going to judge the righteous with the wicked? Far be it from you. He said, will not, gosh, this gets me every time. Abraham said, will not the judge of all the earth do right in this? And Abraham began negotiating with God. Got it down to a certain amount of righteous people, very low. What was it, 10? (laughs) He couldn't find 10 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he negotiated with God. He said, Lord, forgive me, I'm just dust and ashes here, but hear me out. We're in covenant, so here's what I'm asking you for. And today you be praying for the people of Louisiana. Say, is it judgment, is it not? It offends people when you say judgment. We don't know. But if it is, will God judge the righteous with the wicked? Heaven forbid. No. Far be it from him to do that because it is his covenant. Put that on their covenant. A feast for you in the presence of your enemies is God's symbol of covenant. I'll be led on how I finish this next week. I have got the kids coming in right on time. This is excellent. Everyone go ahead and stand to your feet. Bow your heads and close your eyes, the kiddos included. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Everybody in the house in respect of God's word and his presence. I'm going to pray with you. And what we'll do is we'll pray together as a family. I'm going to check on everyone's spiritual needs and where you are with God. And then we'll have all the folks headed back to school or whether well, they're already back in school. We're going to pray for them here at the altar today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes in this house today. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice today who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I don't know if I'm right with God. If I died, I don't know where I'd go. You may, have, you may fall into two categories or camps. I've never accepted Jesus or I accepted him and I walked away. If you fall into one of those camps today, every head bowed, every eye closed, raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. God is, God is with you, hasn't forgotten about you. God bless you for your courage, mija. God bless you for your courage. Anybody else? Uh Uh-huh. There's some courage in this house. Courage is not going to die on your watch today. You're a people of courage. Anyone else? Thank you for your honesty. I want everybody in this house to pray. Go ahead. Everyone raise your hands to heaven and repeat this prayer with me. Those on the live stream, please do the same. Or if you're at home listening to this on the podcast, please do the same if you're not right with God. Go ahead. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you, Lord. I need you more today than I did yesterday. Forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. I need you, Lord. I believe and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe he died and rose again to save me. I humble myself, Lord. I can't do it without you. Say this. Say, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I believe that. Thank you for saving me. I believe in Jesus' name. Amen.